Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is Steph Driver, and I'm joined by Bill Matz. As we react to the interview that we just did with John Tortorella. All right, Bill. Steph, we just uh, had, a, I guess, a two-on-one with, uh, with John Tortorella, and he seemed to like us. That guy's <laughs> awesome. He is. He is. Um, I wish we had more time with him. We will get more time with, with uh, John Tortorella as the season goes along. I mean, when you listen to the interview, he said he'll tell us in a month. That's, a verbal, it. that's a verbal contract as far as I'm concerned. He said, check uh, back with me in a month. I heard it. Yeah. I, I, there's a lot. Listen, I could, I could talk hockey. Uh, I would like to be able to talk hockey with him for as much time as uh, we were given a little bit of a time constraint today. We got as much in as possible. What's the thing that stood out to you most, Steph? He's so personable. Like he's yeah. so willing and ready to talk about whatever it is that's presented to him. And he is not bullshitting us. He's straight up saying, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what this team yeah. is going to look like. And you know that's, what? We don't either. That, that was uh, preparing for today. I listened to some of the interviews he's done in town since he got the job. Uh, just every time and today included uh, refreshing is yeah. like admitting there's a fucking problem is the first step to solving a problem. This is, like psychology 101 shit, you know, and saying like, yeah, we have leadership problems. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to score. I don't know how we're going to deal with adversity. Like all of this saying that these are problems at least creates groundwork for addressing them, you know, and him coming out and not bullshitting us is the most refreshing thing. It's like the opposite of it's a retool, Charlie, you know, (laughs) it's, it's, and like, guy in the front office has his job as uh, the coach is going to be the coach. And John Tortorella has all the leeway in the world. He could have come on today and say, go fuck yourself. You know what happens? Nothing. He gets to still be the coach of the flyers. He gets to say whatever the hell he wants because he's been doing this for 20 fucking years. Yep. And that shows, and it's very refreshing. Totally. Totally. And the reason why I pressed the, what does this, what does a success look like? I kept pressing I like the follow-up. Because I feel like the the typical- We know they're going to be bad. Like Exactly. The typical hockey answer is a successful season is winning Stanley the Stanley Cup. Cup. Yeah. No matter what. That's the typical hockey and, guy answer. And I asked it twice. Not once did he mention going to the playoffs. Not once yep. did he mention postseason. Did not once mention a Stanley Cup. He knows that this team is not going to be competitive this year but he like you can't say that out loud he knows that as a sum of its parts this team is not going to be competitive so we need to start building a competitive 
culture, which they haven't had. He's, they haven't had that. No, it's very so, clear when he gets in, like when he first got the job, just based on what he'd heard about mm-hmm. what's going on before he's even a part of the organization, really. And he's saying like, these are, they don't compete. They don't compete on a nightly basis. There's clearly issues in the locker room. There's even if it's not infighting, there's a fracture and all these things he has addressed. And that's, uh, you can't fix something if you don't say it's a problem. And that's my biggest thing with this hire has always been like, listen, the guy's what, 62 years old now. Uh, He's probably not going to be the head coach when and if this team's ever good again. But he can lay the foundation for fixing the whole goddamn organization. And I know that's a lot to put on the head coach of a team that was the fourth worst team in hockey last year. But his mindset coming into this is that's like, those are the issues. It's like whatever kind of forecheck we're going to do, what we're going to do in the neutral zone is secondary to everybody competing on a nightly basis and being accountable that's very refreshing to hear he said we're coming the flyers were coming it and was like, hard to stay mature listen i'm gonna be honest twas but also <laughs> but also like in a couple years no, when, it was like yeah that's it's let's the mindset go. i want i'm just a child listen, uh i know yeah same (laughs) yeah but it it was both he did a great job of presenting himself as not bullshitting and like making me pumped up for like I know the team is no good and I have no miss like he didn't just convince me that they're going to the playoffs you know he's he doesn't think they're going to the playoffs it's it didn't he didn't say the word playoffs and whatever it was, 14 minutes that we talked to him or whatever playoffs were never said by him. Nope. Uh, it didn't come up. So it's not like he's even doing the, the PR like, Oh, we're better than we, than you think we are. He has no idea. And he's openly saying that we might be better. We might be worse. He and it's, just, it's so refreshing <sighs> to yes. hear someone say this from within the organization, as opposed to, it's a retool, Charlie. Like I he be the present, like for real. It's like, I would be and listen, okay we, with a GM in, in, coach in six weeks, in six weeks, we might have a totally different opinion of John Tortorella, but uh-huh. like right now, October 10th season starts in two days. I wish he was in whatever seats are above him. I'm happy with him being behind the bench and leading change. That's fine for now. Point of view. Like, yes, let let him get the on ice product watchable and then we promote him. Then he can run the world. Well, it's just like, he's openly saying like, you know, being hard to play against being aggressive. It's not even about the big hits or the fights. I just want to be like, can you tell your boss that? Yeah. He's playing DeLaurier and Ristolain in a lot of money him saying that that was another thing like being hard to play against being aggressive does not mean fighting like oh that's good to hear said out loud those words in that order that's again i want to see minimum 82 fights this year but that's that's not yeah like you could just get in fights and not even be that tough of a team yeah like making the others making the other team want to fight you 
is what makes you hard to play. Like it's, I very much appreciated his answers on like aggression and the way and what's hard to play against. Yeah. Uh, like it's not just Rasmus versus the line and hitting you into the boards. That's not, and he didn't like you listen to the interview. I, I'm, I'm singling out Risto. It's not like coach did. I'm just saying like, it's not that. And that's what he's like. There's way more to it. You got to compete every night. And it gets back to that accountability thing. When he said, you get your ass kicked one night and you all, you have a back to back, you come out and put out a good effort the following night. Even if you're a beaten team, you're not easy to beat. Yeah. I'm, I'm, God, am I looking forward to this season? That feels dangerous. Uh, like, I, I'd be looking forward to it if you could fucking strap some skates on him. <laughs> That's a good point. Since yeah. he only stands behind the bench and tells the players what to do, it's going to be up to them. But because of where he's coming from with this accountability stuff, because of the resume he has, the respect he has, and as we've said, he does not, he's not going to have a short leash because yeah. Chuck Fletcher ain't going to get another coach. Like Tortorella goes, so does he. Yeah. And probably he goes before Torts if, you know, just reading the way things work in pro sports. So like. Oh, without uh, a doubt. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out because again, this is a thing Tortorella said. He doesn't know how are some guys going to deal with, you know, certain adversity when things go right, when things go wrong. We're going to find out who's actually worth keeping around. And I know, I know the cynics are, no one's worth keeping around. Listen, I agree. But, <laughs> but it doesn't work that way in reality. Yeah. So you can't just wave 25 guys. So we're actually going to find out. And if torts can't get it out of them, they're a lost cause. There's no more worrying. But what if they're Justin Williams? Guess what? They're not because they couldn't do it. All right, so let me play the Bill Mats. Let me oh, play God. the Bill Mats. I'm just, I'm just asking a question. I'm just asking a question. Should we expect for Tortorella to know more about these players after having a full training camp? No, because... I mean, that's my answer too, but I'm just asking the questions. Uh, especially... The way, like, listen, if this was a ready-made team, if this was the, um, like, the 08 to 2010 team that Peter Laviolette just took over, like, in mm-hmm. the middle of 20, in the middle of 09-10, um, and you're coming in, and you can just practice, like, the way things have to be done. Like, okay, we're going to just do systems, because you guys are a good team. I Like, I know Chris Pronger's a good fucking defenseman. I know Danny Briere scores a bunch of goals. Like, if it was a ready-made team, yeah, because then you can focus on the actual game. But since this organization, like, since this franchise top to bottom is in shambles, it's like, yeah, uh, it's... T- oh, man, I just had a pen explode on me. Oh, uh, love I'm that. Covered in ink. Yes, you uh, are. <laughs> I um like he since it's Tuesday before the puck drops on Thursday and they're literally skating suicides and that's why he was late to do the inner like we were told between 12 and 1245 and it was like 120 because practice went long and he's beating the shit out of them skating them like because he's doing that instead of like okay yeah I know who's gonna score in the power play for us no there's no time to work on the power play these guys aren't in shape 
Yeah. And I think that the other, the other piece of that is the players that he would be most familiar with. Well, they're all fucking hurt. They're all fucking hurt. They're not playing. They're not on the ice. In Columbus, in New York, he coached against Sean Couturier. Guess what? He ain't around. Like uh, Cam Atkinson, Atkinson, he coached hurt. Kevin Hayes just coming back from injury. Like, is that the only guy he knows? Like, did he, he never coached Tony, right? No. No, but they knew of each other. Like it was, it was like a passing. Both Northeastern Americans. I can, you know, I can see that they would cross paths. Yeah. I'm, I'm just so pleased. I'm tickled that he, number one, did the interview with us and was just so candid and also promised to give Charlie a hard time. Like that's all. No, that was, we just want to bully Charlie. I wasn't letting the interview end without getting that joke in. No, uh, they're, they're trying to wrap up on me. You're having a meaningful conversation about saving animals. And I'm like, no, I got to bust Charlie's ball. We, we have to bully to Charlie yes. at least once a day. We cannot let his ego get too large. We can't he cannot. He, he can't just sit here being the number one Flyers journalist in the city of Philadelphia and expect us to like accept that. Right. <laughs> no, we're going to bully you. Yeah. And that's just how it's going to be. Just how it has to go. Charlie, we love you, but also. Yeah. You get too big for your britches, pal. <laughs> get too big for your britches. Um, uh, yeah. So, so we anything will, else? We will, be, we will be helping the Flyers and John Tortorella and Mrs. John Tortorella, who like, that's an abomination <laughs> that I just had to say that. I hate it. I should have looked up her name before saying this but i have not i will correct it on this week's i mean that's technically right but you know when they're like when at like a wedding it's like announcing for the first time mr and mrs i always find it weird it is they weird. say that like I, i'm always like i don't like that like, because like, my wife is not mrs bill matz i don't know no, this is strange did ave change her last name she did uh legally change her name but she also has a stage name so right. like no one yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't matter yeah. yeah, no, so so I will find, I will get that for, for next week's BSH Radio, but we will be helping with the adoptable pets. It's like, that's something that, God, I think that's one of the first things that Bill and I bonded over ever, like animals. I think it was Missy. Like, yeah. this is something that we really give a shit about. I super give a shit about it. John Tortorella super gives a shit about it. So let's just all get fluffy companions and treat them well, in my opinion. And yeah. And like, you know what? It's going to be a tough hockey year. Watching a bad team. It's easier with a dog. Getting an emotional support. Yeah. Kitten. (laughs) Kittens do better in pairs. So if you only have one cat, if you only adopt one kitten, get another one because I promise you it will be easier for your mental health if you have two kittens as opposed to one. That's interesting. I didn't know that. It sounds counterintuitive, but they're so playful at like the craziest times of day and night. If they have each other to play with, they're not going to be waking you up by doing a cannonball into your bed at three o'clock in the morning. They're just assholes is what they are. I mean, listen, mine are <laughs> angels, but... Here we are. Mama's all right. Mama's great. <laughs> Shannon does his best. Uh, did uh, anything else stand out to you? We didn't have him for very long. We didn't have him for very long. Um, I think that's all. You know, we just don't know. We don't know. We don't know. This yeah. is let's go into the season like it's a whole new team. We don't know that they're going to be last. Well, that's I'm will like I assume they're going to be horrible 
and I'm kind of hoping they are. But I am like willing to wipe the slate clean with certain guys. Like a couple weeks ago, I said it's this is I'm pretending Morgan Frost is a rookie and I've never seen him play before. Uh, you know, for a week, and then if and he's then no we'll, good, still we'll yeah. If he's still no good, then I'm gonna go back to saying, oh, he's let's get rid of this guy. Yeah. Or if he starts looking like he could break out, I'm gonna say, all right, let's let's see even more. Uh, I know I'm kind of done with Travis Konechny, but maybe there is that level still no i'm not i'm not going that far with tk i was listening to you talk about how you're just so done with travis connecting i just know what he is he's in his prime right now he can't possibly help this team get better like there's nothing like right now is the best he's ever going to be and what he's going to be is a really good second line scoring winger and we have no need for that because we don't have a first line scoring winger. We don't have a power play. Like it's just, you know where he'd be good on a good team. He'd be fucking great on a good team. Yeah. You'd love Travis Konechny on a good team. I know because when we thought we had good teams, we really liked Travis Konechny, but we don't. And he's, this is the best he's ever going to be these next couple of years while the team is re-fucking building. I have a lot of thoughts and opinions that we will save. Yeah, for we will. PSH radio. We have a whole show to do tomorrow with uh, with Charlie and Kelly, so we will uh, we'll do that. Should we wrap? Yeah, because Travis Konecki right. is not going to fall off a cliff like at the at the second he turns what 25, 26, whatever. He is not just going to fall no. off a sheer drop. No, not fall off. It's just like these next few years are the best he's ever going to like. This is it. This is his prime. He's in it. He is what he is. That's all. That's fine. We'll all talk right. about it more tomorrow. That's it. All right. Yeah. That's all the time we have for you. Thank you for listening to this special edition of Broad Street Hockey Radio with me and Steph. Uh, excellent interview, I thought, with Talks John Tortorella. With yeah. Uh, nice time uh, speaking with John Tortorella, hoping to have him on at least a couple other times as the season progresses. I think Steph's uh, bonding over the animals will help us land these interviews. They seem like uh, long lost pals. So uh, we are until next time. We are in fact, spirit animals with each other until next time for Steph. My name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day. Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.